Good morning, and welcome to the Scholars in Iron podcast. I'm your host, Joe, coming to you from outside the nation's capital, right here in the DMV. The objective of Scholars in Iron is very straightforward. It's to associate strength training with intellectual endeavors. On the show, we'll examine the connection between capitalism and CrossFit, philosophy and powerlifting, all to raise some hell and even a few questions. By the end of each episode, we'll get one rep closer to living the phrase, civilize the mind, but make savage the body. Now come on, let's lift. In today's episode, I want to discuss the importance of being part of a community as a lifter and how different kinds of gyms often reflect different kinds of experiences. I'll use my own journey of leaving one community for another and why friendships that are rooted in strength reflect a nice part of Aristotle's own conception of friendship in the Nicomachean Ethics. All this will serve as introduction to a special series I'll be doing over the next month called Sanctuaries of Strength. The aim of Sanctuaries of Strength is to profile small, real strength gyms that I'll be visiting to talk with their owners about why strength matters in their opinion and maybe even getting a workout or two. So let's get into it. What is a real gym? Well, like any other community whose concrete expressions can be found in something like a church or a civic center, its members reflect the attitudes and ethics therein, and a gym is no different. So when you train hard, it's to yours and everyone's advantage to have similar goals and a corresponding mentality to pursue them. That's why you go to a real gym to do that, to find these people. And that's what I think is the real paradox when it comes to it all. And this is what sort of interests me. Because on one hand, strength sports are by their very nature individualistic. They're not team sports. And on the other hand, part of this individualistic pursuit of strength is a desire to seek out those who also share a passion for the iron with you. It makes everyone stronger in the process. And I think it's this contradiction latent within a sport like powerlifting that forms the foundation of a lifting community. So as a lifter, I think it's important to actually go to a real gym. But before we go into what a real gym is, let's talk about another kind of gym so we can get a better handle on what those reasons might be. You may know the beast by the different names people have given it throughout time. Planet Fitness, LA Fitness, Blink Fitness, Retro Fitness, or any combination of fitness thereof. That is to say, the commercial gym. Now, I currently train at what could be considered something of a hybrid. It's a small chain of local gyms here in DC, but it is powerlifting friendly, meaning you can still chalk up your hands, huff on some nose torque, and drop fully loaded barbells and no one's gonna say anything. In most commercial gyms, bringing in chalk, let alone snorting ammonia, would definitely be grounds to get your membership revoked, so I really can't complain about my situation. But beyond the platforms and squat racks, what I really feel makes my experience at this chain gym more exceptional than most are all the lifters I see every single time I go to train. Now, we don't say much. It's usually nothing more than a head nod as we make our way to the power racks, but I know we be there for one another when it comes to give a spot or record a PR attempt. There is respect because we see each other's discipline being put into action day in and day out towards a goal. And at a commercial gym, that's something especially hard to come by. You see, for the most part, large commercial gyms don't really foster a sense of community and they're not really set up to do so. Commercial gyms are all about getting in some exercise before or after work and then calling it a day. Mark Ripito of Starting Strength 
offers an interesting economic critique of commercial gyms when he describes the fitness industry in large. The fitness industry is based on the machine-based model because the fitness industry is a sales industry. It is not a strength industry. If you can take a person off the street and put them onto the exercise floor and hire a kid for minimum wage to show him how to use the machines, that's more profitable than having someone with years and years of experience in barbell training to use barbells with the same individual. Even though the barbells are incredibly cheaper, volume is the basis of the business and volume demands low overhead in terms of the people you're hiring and a short experience in terms of people to run through the exercise floor machines fit that bill and barbells don't now i realize that for most lifters in la fitness is probably the only game in town the other tends to be crossfit which also shares a commercial gym-like business model but i do think it sets itself apart from an la fitness in a few important ways but first for those listening who do crossfit don't worry i'm not going to go on the usual rant about it because you know what if that's what helps someone get in shape and actually enjoy exercise then hey, great, I'm all for it. But I also think that CrossFit's legacy and influence does have its fair share of pros and cons. First, CrossFit is kind of pricey. Monthly membership could be anywhere between $150 to $200, depending upon where you live. Now, granted, within that cost, you do get personal programming, some nutritional guidance, and a broad proficiency in both machine as well as barbell-based training. So when you break down the price, it's actually not terrible relative to how much someone would otherwise spend on nutrition and personal training. But 200 bucks is 200 bucks and it's up front. So for those with more pressing financial obligations, that could be a lot of cash to summon in one go. But what I like about CrossFit is what it has given. A few days ago, I was training at the Institute of Iron and Kenny, the owner, said something that I think is really important. That CrossFit has resurrected the dying sports of Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. In fact, the more independent gyms I check out, the more I see that most of their clientele are former CrossFitters who, for one way or another, fell in love with the iron. And I can definitely relate to that shared sense of joy when they go on about CrossFit, which, from the outside, can kind of feel as though they're trying to convert you into an exercise cult. They're really just professing their love for a sport that has made them appreciate what their bodies are truly capable of. And moreover, doing this as a group can feel empowering and even validating. In other words, CrossFit has helped foster a real sense of community. For me personally, where I think the lifting community became so crucial was the fact that I was losing another community. You see, for the past 11 years of my life, I was heavily involved in labor activism and derived a lot of personal meaning in the service of others. But I found that as a community, it was very hard for me to relate to these people on a certain social or personal level. I just couldn't see myself really growing as a person in those spaces. But the problem is that it was really hard for me at the time to embrace that what I saw was a lifting community. I mean, all I knew was I was excited about the possibilities that lay before me in terms of strength training and you know having a healthier, more dynamic lifestyle, but what about my friends? For me, it was really a feeling of being lost, at the same time excited. I think it was really encapsulated best in Walt Whitman's poem, The Song of the Open Road, especially those opening lines. Afoot and lighthearted, I take to the open road, healthy, free, the world before me, the long brown path before me leading wherever I choose. Henceforth, I ask, not good fortune. I myself am good fortune. Henceforth, I whimper no more, postpone no more, need nothing. Done with indoor complaints, libraries, querulous criticisms. Strong and content, I travel the open road. I felt happy, yet unmoored. I began to post my workouts on my Facebook as a way to signal to others, like a flare shot. And to my surprise, it worked. People who might hardly spoke more than a few words in 10 years would write me and say, hey man, I really like what you're doing, keep it up. And sure enough, they were all lifting. It was like being pulled ashore. And what they saw in me, perhaps, was the same fire that they had been stoking within themselves. And 
What I saw in them was their discipline. I saw their ability to withstand all those failed lifts, all those torn biceps, all those blown out kneecaps, and yet still possess the grit to keep moving forward. I witnessed the very qualities and characteristics which had been submerged deep inside my own consciousness, and I finally wanted to bring them out into the light, into the sun, as it were. I remember when Al, one of the lifters at Whippany, came up to me and said, nice job, after I was doing some snatch grip deadlifts. I was exhausted, red in the face, and it was the last exercise I was doing before calling it a day. But this guy, who was easily pulling around 600, provided me with the kind of sentiment that I didn't want to just keep for myself. I didn't want to guard it jealously, but wanted to pass it on to a lifter more inexperienced than I was. I always found it interesting that it was in the strongest and roughest of places where I could reveal to all those who cared to watch my own weaknesses, my own vulnerabilities. I think as lifters, we don't really have much to say because we communicate with our actions, and from that a real sense of brotherhood or sisterhood emerges. I'm fortunate to see the journey of others, and they mine, and I think that's what Aristotle meant, and he sums up the sentiment well when he talks about friendship. For those in the prime of their life, friendship incites noble actions, two going together. For with friends, men are more able to think and to act. Now come on friends, let's nail some deadlifts. That's all we have for today, guys. I just want to thank Ray, Shannon, and Mike for lending their silver voices to the cause. Music by Robert Slump. For Scholars in Iron, this is Joe, signing off.